2: Have you ever been in a hedge maze? Even if you haven't, you can probably picture this. When you're walking through a hedge maze, it's really hard to visualize the whole maze's design from within it. But if you could look at it from above, you could see it clearly. That tension between how something looks when you're in it versus how it looks from above is key to one of the world's most ancient mysteries. The Nazca Lines. Found in Peru, the Nazca Lines are these massive drawings carved into the earth. They're named after the ancient civilization that lived in the region, the Nazca people. There are hundreds of these drawings. They range from spirals to intricate designs like monkeys, llamas, and flowers. Some of these drawings are up to 1200 feet. That's more than three football fields. And it means that they're best viewed from above in a plane or from a satellite. But at ground level, these designs look like, well, not much. They just look like lines in the dirt. And it's basically impossible to visualize the full figures when you're standing on them. Kind of like when you're standing in a hedge maze. Here's the thing. These designs were created sometime around 500 AD, long before airplanes or satellites. How did the ancient Nazca people execute these intricate designs without ever seeing them from above? And why would they make something that they could never fully appreciate? There's still plenty of debate among scholars about these lines. They're also called geoglyphs. But recent research, with the help of advanced imaging from space, has helped us uncover part of the mystery behind these ancient carvings in the earth. This is Science Solved It, and today's episode, the Nazca Lines. Welcome to Science Solved It, a motherboard show that explores the world's greatest mysteries that were solved by science. I'm Kaylee Rogers. The Nazca Lines dot the landscape of the Nazca Desert in southern Peru. These huge drawings of geometric shapes and animals were first reported to the Western world in the 1500s. Spanish conquistadors stumbled upon them while they were colonizing Peru. Back then, they couldn't see the designs from above either, so they figured the carved grooves in the dirt were trail markers. It wasn't until the 1940s that the rest of the world appreciated the grandeur of the Nazca lines. A historian was flying over the region in a plane when he realized that one of the designs was in the shape of a bird. Suddenly, scientists and archaeologists from all over the globe began to flock to Peru to study the lines and to try to figure out how and why they were made.
0: Probably most people, including myself, have never actually seen a geoglyph. Basically, they're giant carvings in the ground.
2: This is Dylan Thuras, the co-founder of Atlas Obscura.
0: We are sort of a guide to places all around the world that are forgotten, overlooked, but that we think are really incredible, wonderful places and spaces.
2: I spoke to Dylan at the Atlas Obscura office in Brooklyn. It's a really cool old converted warehouse space, but... It's an old warehouse, so it sounds a bit echoey. Dylan told me that there are lots of geoglyphs all over the world.
0: There are some other ones, actually, that get a little bit short shrift, called the Sayama lines in Bolivia. They're actually the largest geoglyph network in the world, but they're not as sexy as the Nazca lines, because they're mostly sort of grids. It's a huge series of straight lines, for the most part, so they're not as interesting.
2: The Nazca lines include some geometric designs, too. But the thing that catches most people's imaginations are the lines in the shapes of animals, plants, and people.
0: To people, the Nazca lines are these drawings of monkeys and hummingbirds and other creatures and animals. And I think that's got a real appeal for people. So basically, yeah, they're giant drawings that really, in a way, you can only see them at their full scale from above.
2: The idea that these designs can only really be seen fully from above is the major sticking point for most people. In fact, some researchers have recreated the lines using simple surveying tools that the Nazca people would have had access to. Think about people who have demonstrated how easy it is to stomp out a crop circle in a field of corn without ever seeing it from above. The bigger question is why? Why build an intricate, complicated series of designs in the Earth that you can never see? What could these possibly be for? Dylan said that there have been a lot of theories over the years, some more plausible than others.
0: There's a number of sort of competing or potentially complementary theories. Some of the theories were that it was some sort of system of marking of something and perhaps that marking was for astrological significance, that they marked certain kinds of celestial events.
2: Astrological significance is a popular theory because it's common among ancient civilizations. Maybe the Nazca people built a new line designed to mark certain astronomical events. Or maybe if you stand in the eye of the hummingbird design on the first day of spring, you get a perfect view of the sunrise to help keep track of the year. Another theory was that these lines served a more ceremonial function.
0: Another theory is that these were ceremonial, that they were even, maybe they were performed again and again. So people would walk these lines over and over, almost like a labyrinth in a church or something, where it's it's not a maze, it's just basically a series of, of lines that you walk and it's sort of this meditative experience.
2: But either of these explanations is missing something. Why make the designs resemble animals and plants, especially since you can't see these images while walking through them? Why not just have a square or a spiral if you're just going to wander through the desert?
0: The question that grabbed people's attention and they weren't able to let go of in a way, like, it's this kind of thing that, like, I think people just get stuck on, is this idea of why would you make something that you couldn't see in its sort of completeness?
2: This is where the really interesting theories start to emerge. Theories like ancient aliens and prehistoric hot air balloons.
0: This book called The Chariot of the Gods basically put forth this kind of ancient alien theory. This idea that these were made with the help of or for aliens. Because aliens have spaceships, spaceships can see the Nazca lines from above. Voila. Voila.
2: Chariot of the Gods was written in 1968 by a guy named Eric von Daniken. Without any scientific evidence, it presents a global hypothesis explaining all manner of ancient works, including the Nazca Lines. The answer for all of these, according to von Daniken, is simple aliens had visited ancient humans, and these works documented and reflected those visits. So his idea is that aliens visited the Nazca people, helped them carve these beautiful drawings in the dirt, and I guess gave them a ride to let them see them from space. But there's no real evidence that anything like this happened.
0: The folklore of the Nazca Lines, the ancient alien idea of the Nazca Lines, it's such an appealing myth, right? It's like there are these giant carvings in the desert they were carved by these ancient peoples, but they can only be seen from above. And they didn't have any technology to do that. But what if these were the landing sites for spacecraft? And you're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like it's a great, it's a great story, but it's, it it just, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense.
2: Another popular theory that's a little more grounded in reality is that these ancient people were more advanced than we realize. They might not have had satellites to view the lines from space, but that doesn't mean they had no way of becoming airborne.
0: A theory grounded in a bit more scientific reality, but still fairly fanciful, is this idea that maybe they had ancient hot air balloon technology. And the guy who proposed this theory, actually, he he went to the work of going and sort of building a hot air balloon out of only materials that might have been available. And like, so that's awesome. Uh, but the thing is, there's just no other, just because it is in theory possible that it could have been done, you'd think there might be some record of like, this society having invented hot air balloons. And, and it's, it's, it's funny, because it just, it goes, it's like trying to deal with a very modern understanding of how you might make something like this. Because it's sort of like, once you see them from the air, you're like, oh, this must be how these were meant to be seen. But that's, that's not necessarily true at all.
2: When we come back from the break, we'll turn away from the more fanciful theories and talk to a researcher who found some actual evidence explaining the purpose of these lines by looking at them from space. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the first few episodes of our season. I really hope you're enjoying it. And if you are, please consider rating the show, leaving us a review, or sharing it with your friends. It's the best way to help us reach new listeners and to share our mysteries far and wide. So go ahead, do it right now. I'll wait. Okay, well, whatever, you can do it later, but just know that we really appreciate it. Welcome back. For decades, researchers studied the lines and came up with a list of theories describing how they were made and what they were for. But everyone was really hung up on the idea that the people who made them would never get to see them. It drove folks kind of crazy. To try to gain more insight into why these lines were built, researchers recently decided to
1: inspect them from above. Way, way above. I'm Rosa La Saponara, researcher, senior researcher of National Council Research.
2: Rosa works at the National Research Council. It's Italy's federal science group, kind of like the Italian version of the National Science Foundation. I reached Rosa in Rome because she and her colleagues did some of the most advanced research on the Nazca lines by looking at them from space. Rosa told me that they wanted to study the lines using satellite images rather than say, snapping photographs from a plane — for a couple of reasons. One is because satellite images let them see deeper into the soil, and be able to see not only what's left of the lines, but what might have been there in the past.
1: One of the most important uh, new things is also the estimation of the deterioration of Nazca line because of course you have to imagine that is a quite fragile cultural heritage and in some cases from satellite is possible to detect not only the line, but also the conservation and or deterioration of them and to assess some restoration from digital point of view.
2: Rosa and her team were looking at lines all around the region, but they were particularly interested in these things called puquillos. Pukios are these smaller spiraling holes in the desert near the Nazca lines. The researchers thought that if they could figure out what these pukios were for, it would give them a clue about why the Nazca created their giant drawings in the dirt. When they viewed the pukios using advanced satellite images from above, they found some really clear signs. The pukios were used
1: to collect water. Yes, from space is very nice because it's uh, clear the presence of some anomaly, and then you can find some wells they were able to use the underground water to have the irrigation aqueducts for different uses mainly for agricultural activity and in this way was possible for Nazca to transform the desert in a garden that was actually what the Spanish uh, were able to see, to, to have evidence, and it was a miracle for them because it was a desert, but in Nazca was really a garden with a lot of vegetables, a lot of beautiful oasis.
2: This area of Peru is mostly desert land, but the ancient Nazca people were able to build these puquillos as part of a sophisticated aqueduct system that collected and moved water. And then they could use that water to drink and grow food. Rosa told me the evidence from the satellite images helped them link these weird spiral shaped holes with better understood settlements and canals. Here's how it worked underground water was led through canals to the parts of the region where the Nazca lived. The water was propelled in part by these spiral puquillos, which forced wind into the underground channels to push water through the system. This was a remarkable discovery. And it suggested that the Nazca lines had something to do with the water system, either a way of marking where the water was, or maybe a way of showing thanks to the gods for the gift of water in the desert.
1: From our research and also from other scholars, it's very clear that these Nazca are correlated, are linked with... The um, puquios and Nazca line have the same meaning because water was the way to survive in desert environment and the Nazca line were the way to thank the gods for this.
2: Other scholars have found evidence that supports this theory too. The Nazca culture understandably was very connected to water so their most monumental designs were too. But it still leaves one burning question. Why build something you could never see for yourself? Why paint a painting for the gods alone? Rosa told me that we have to think about it from the perspective of the Nazca people, who still would have been impressed by these designs, even without seeing them from above at all. It's a sentiment that Dylan agreed with. After all, if you saw a hedge maze from above, it would kind of ruin it. It's much more fun to find your own way out.
0: It's funny, I mean, you can imagine, like, future archaeologists, like, looking at our highway systems and being like, but how did they even, you know, like, if you only look at it in one framework, as if it's a giant carving to be seen from above, you get completely hung up on trying to figure out how that was possible, why they would do it when they couldn't see it from above. But if you say it's a map of water sources, it's like, God, that's ingenious. Ah.
2: Science Solved It is a production of Vice Media and Motherboard. For regular updates on the show and to see some photos of the Nazca lines, go to motherboard.vice.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or Pocket Casts or any podcatcher that you use. You can find us on Twitter at Science Solved It. And give us a follow. Let us know what you think of the show. Send me questions. Send me ideas. I'd love to hear from you. This episode was produced by Tim Barnes and me. It was edited by Tim Barnes. Production assistance was provided by Federico Formica and Shamika Lywood. Our theme music is by Reximus. Thanks so much for listening. Next week on Science Solved It.
0: At the time, when they didn't have that theory behind it, you know, to sort of drive our, the understanding of the map, they just thought, well, you know, oh, those people are probably all like alcoholics or they're all like this or that the other thing, you know?